Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. It's time to talk about Pekani Pickett a little bit more and what he's actually done for the Steelers this season and grown this year from the time he was a Pitt Panther just last year. We'll talk about are there Pitt Panthers that the Steelers should be looking at in this upcoming NFL draft? Lots to discuss there. And with bowl season right around the corner, it's time to talk about is there time to, to, for the NFL to change how they help promote college bowl season and how it impacts the overall game of football all that right here on the wednesday edition of the north shore drive podcast chris carter joined by noah hiles today it's gonna be a fun episode let's get into it you are now listening to the north shore drive podcast a show on all things pittsburgh sports from the writers of the pittsburgh post gazette hosted by christopher carter Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm Chris Carter. He's Noah Hiles. We are the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and we're breaking things down here on a Wednesday. Thanks for joining the show. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily content that comes out from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and the Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive Podcast. Noah, we normally are just talking pit things, but we got you talking Steelers today. I know I, I made it to the big leagues. I got I got drafted. I'm no longer doing the college content, uh, which you can also watch on the Post Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel. Uh, but I'm I'm happy to be here, Chris. I'm happy to be on the show. We're happy to have you. You and I talk all things sports most days, anyways. Yeah. But let's get into. I wanted to get to my topic today of Kenny Pickett specifically because. There's there's definitely been growth this year. He's definitely gotten better from when he first came up against the Jets and then you know threw three interceptions against the Dolphins. And he's been part of the Steelers rise late in the season. You know, the, since the bye week, I believe they're what? They're five and two. Uh and they're and they're sitting actually they're six and two, excuse me. No, they're five and two, five and two. I'm I'm getting I'm mixing things up, but they're five and two, and they have a chance still at the playoffs. A long convoluted chance, but a chance. And that was something that people might have thought was un- was un- was not doable just about a month ago. Um, but when the Steelers drafted Kenny Pickett from Pitt last year, the beat that you and I cover, there was a lot of optimism and hope and saying he was the most pro-ready quarterback. And I think that people assumed that that just meant, oh, he was going to walk into the walk onto the team and lead them to forty t- forty touchdown season and be a top offense in the NFL. And it definitely wasn't ever going to be that. But I do think it's interest, interesting to evaluate him. You know, we we have the only other peers that we've seen of him from his class is Desmond Ritter, who hasn't won a game, and Malik Willis, who, you know, with the with the Titans hasn't, you know, hasn't had much of a chance to show what he's got. But I do think there's merit to what to the Steelers draft pick and what you've seen from Kenny Pickett this year. Yeah, I mean, he's without question the most pro-ready. If you look at, like you said, you look around Desmond Ritter and his loan opportunities. I mean, I know he hasn't played a lot of games, but even in that small sample size, you compare his first look at NFL action compared to what Kenny did in his first couple of games where there were certainly mistakes, but Kenny definitely looked better, I think, than Ritter. And Malik Willis, 
you now we now find out why why the Steelers worked so hard to get Kenny instead of this guy, where there were conflicting reports all all the time leading up to that draft that oh it could be Malik Willis, it could be Kenny Pickett, and it shows why the Steelers wanted Pickett because he was ready. Malik Willis does not look like an NFL ready quarterback. He's struggling to throw over a hundred yards. I think he threw for 99 in his last start. And he's someone that his team needs to be at least average and they'll make the playoffs and they're still not in the playoffs because he hasn't been able to be at the very least average. So yeah, so far, I mean, Pickett's been the best rookie quarterback. That's not saying much, but I will say, you know, you compare what he's done his rookie season to some other guys who have taken that next step in year two. You look at guys like Fields, you look at guys like uh, Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. and the steps they made from year one to year two. I think Kenny Pickett is ahead of where both were, were at this time last year. So that could be encouraging. I'm not going to say that he will end up being better than either of those two guys, but I think he's in a decent spot right now for a rookie quarterback. Certainly. I also think that another example that on a team that's winning right now in Pennsylvania, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. From from his rookie year to his second year. Uh granted, he only had four starts his rookie year, but still, um, you know, you see that there there are those steps up. I, I also think people have to temper expectations. Every not every quarterback is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Some quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and guys that maybe they don't have every single tool in the woodshed, but they have enough that when they develop as a as a player and get into the offense that that's made around them that they know they're going to find their their ways of getting success and teams can build around that to be really good football teams i i think you hit it right on the head you know you can look at kenny's numbers and some things i obviously would like to see from pickett if, if i'm someone that you know has stock in his success as a stealer moving forward i would like to see the 300 yard games show up on the box score and the next two contests that he's starting here. Cause he's only had one so far this season. It was in a blowout loss against Buffalo. I would like to see a multi-touchdown game, something he has yet to do in his time as an NFL player. Those two things would be nice, but with a rookie, it's less about the stats. And I think just more about the, the moments of progress where you can see him making decisions that are better than ones he made prior or earlier in the season. And, and I think we're seeing that. I think we saw a little bit, of him reducing there in the first half, I believe, or maybe early second half with his interception against the Raiders. However, an earlier season, Kenny Pickett probably would have made that same mistake again, especially late in the game, where now this version that we currently see of Kenny Pickett was able to compose himself and lead his team to a game-winning drive, his first game-winning touchdown drive of his young NFL career. And it's moments like that that build a foundation for him to take that step next year, that build the confidence with the offensive linemen that will be returning, that build the chemistry with the guys who will be catching passes from him and build the entire ecosystem that is the Steelers offense from the people calling the plays to the players running them. No, I agree. And, and technically, I will say that was a, that was technically his third game winning drive. When you consider, I believe it was the Saints game. He had a he had a drive. He had a drive that, that that put the game away, at least according to the pro football reference. People. OK. Um, and the Colt and, the, and the Falcons game when they needed a drive at the end of the game because the Falcons came back and, and took the lead. On the, OK, on I'll rephrase it. Game winning touchdown pass. No, no, I agree with you. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm not. Again, yeah. I get what you're saying. I'm just putting it, putting this there that. um 
he's he's had a few of those moments, but you're right. Touchdown passes have been something that he hasn't, you know, had a, a, up in his repertoire. He's in fact he's had uh, you know a, you know a lot more touchdown runs that he's that he that he's been able to put together and right. kind of lead to the red zone. But part of who Kenny Pickett is is I or at least it's supposed to be for the Steelers is uh, in my in my opinion has been his ability to understand how things work around him and let and let things happen. You know, one thing that you know people talk about with the Colts game it was that he was the one that was like, hey, let's let's do this with Connor Hayward this is gonna this is gonna work we're gonna get we're gonna get uh excuse me I think it's a Falcons game uh but uh he, he he was the one that called for that adjustment and said this is I think this can work in the red zone we've seen them do these things and it did work out for him um and I think those type of adjustments and those type of you know, mental processes are why the Steelers got him. And once he starts to put those things together, because the quarterback position, it's just, it's so difficult to process. You know, it's, it's not as easy as just plug in, throw the ball and just get used to your guys. It takes years for some guys to, as we pointed out with some of these other quarterbacks that are young and developing, but I do think that you're seeing the the early stages of what needs to happen is happening. And, you know, as people can see, if you watched Inside the NFL this week, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about this was a grow up game. This was a game where a lot with a lot, especially a lot of those offensive players, if they could rise to the challenge late in the game, even though they didn't have a good game up until the, the, the last two minutes of the fourth quarter, if they could rise to that challenge there, there's something to build upon. And I think you're seeing that with Kenny Pickett. Yeah. And, and I think, just to finalize this point, the, the thing that, you know, I mentioned the, the stats and everything that you look for in the box score, but if you're looking for his next step as far as progress goes, I think it just comes down to finishing drives. The, the biggest noticeable difference, in my opinion, between when Pickett took over and prior to him when Trubisky was running the offense was the Steelers moved the ball a lot better when Kenny Pickett is playing quarterback. It's just... They're not finishing the drives. It's sometimes it's setting up for a lot of field goal opportunities, or you know maybe they turn the ball over in the red zone, or they take a sack on third down. They're just out of field goal range. They're not finishing drives. I think that's the next step for Kenny Pickett, where the stats might not still have multi touchdown games or three hundred yard games, but if they can turn those field goal opportunities into touchdowns, just one or two more a game, things will look a lot better. And that that. Is easier said than done. Obviously, red zone offense is the hardest offense to run for a reason, but that's what needs to happen if you're going to be a productive NFL quarterback. Absolutely. The Steelers have scored 53% on red zone possession touchdowns on red zone mm-hmm. possessions this year, 17th in the NFL. If that was a bit better, they probably have about three more wins on their schedule right now, and we wouldn't be talking about other teams needing to lose for them to get into the playoffs. But again, like you said, Mm-hmm. It's about growing together as a group because he's not the only young one in the offense. But there's some other young people that the Steelers could get from the University of Pittsburgh oh, yeah. who might be able to contribute to the team next year. It's not crazy talk, and we're not just saying, oh, just get all the Pitt Panthers. There's actual fits that Noah and I will talk about after covering Pitt all year as Noah's getting ready to head to the Sun Bowl to cover them in their upcoming matchup with UCLA. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by the Accrature Fan Advantage, the power to reject one of our post-gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office. Using augmented reality, you can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette. 
postdeskgazette.com slash aperture fan advantage. No apps or downloads, just insider access to Steeler updates at postdeskgazette.com slash aperture fan advantage, and you'll get a real edge on this week's action. Today's episode is also brought to you by Valley Pool and Spa. Wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress-free? A hot tub, swim spa, or sauna from Valley Pool and Spa will help you feel like it is. Relax and soak in a hot tub or a swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa before the snow flies. Refresh and rejuvenate in a thin layer of sauna that is sure to melt your stress away faster than the frosty in Aruba. Save big now on all in-stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas by visiting valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specrite para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast. <laughs> I was wondering. I was yeah. I was wondering. Do I get a free hot tub as a guest here, courtesy of the sponsor? Anyways, we're gonna talk. No, no. Okay. Free things. I'm just wondering. Uh, you know, sometimes you give your guests. Sometimes you give your guests gifts. I was wondering if you were going to set up a deal where our lovely sponsor could provide me with a gift. It's the season of giving. I thought about asking for it. No? All right. What's the second topic, Chris? I got a gift for you later when we meet up at the Pete. That's what <laughs> you will get that. That's what, that's, that's what you go get. This will be my final time on North Shore Drive. <laughs> You're silly. But anyways, let's get to the next topic. So I'm not saying that the Steelers should just always draft pit players, but – Whenever I've been covering Pitt for a few years now, and you know when you're when you're looking at the team and you're looking at them at the end of the year, there's always the question of which players that are going to the draft, where would they fit? And people always ask me, where do you think they'll go? And last year, you know, I thought the Steelers could have used either Kenny Pickett or Damari Mathis, and Damari Mathis actually been doing well, kind of well for the Denver Broncos as as a cornerback. Um, but you know, Jason Pinnock, he's with the Giants, and he's you know he's been he's actually kind of been contributing to their defense quite quite a bit. But now this year, the question is come around again because Pitt's going to have quite a few guys going to the NFL draft. You got Eric Hallett, you got Kalajic Kansi, you got Brandon Hill, you got Servasia Dennis, but are any of these guys actual fits for what the Steelers need and especially where they might have to draft them? Because that's the other thing is that the combine hasn't happened yet and people haven't finalized their big boards. Mel Kuyper's still talking about, oh, Baltimore's got to get this guy. Um, but I do think that there's actually some interesting fits here. Noah, if there's one player at the top of the list that you think that, that, that the Steelers should be looking at, is there, is there a guy that you think is a, is the better fit than any other? Oh, I, I think if we're talking fit, it also has to deal with draft position. Mm-hmm. And so I know we talked prior to the show about a couple of names, but just I want to throw one more in there just based upon you know how things could play out. We'll, we'll say that Steelers win these last two games. Yeah, They might not be in a spot to draft some of the players that have been discussed already, the Joey Porter right. Juniors, the two tackles, one of them from Northwestern, one of them from Ohio State. Someone mm-hmm. who might be around, though, and he might be the best player available is a former Pitt Panther and Jordan Addison. 
Mm. And the Steelers, I do think, will be interested in adding someone to the receiver room. A lot of people think that that will be a pick made in the second round. However, with two second-round picks, if he's the best player available, I would not be shocked if they try to emulate the, the Cincinnati Bengals hmm. uh, blueprint of getting your franchise quarterback and then getting his favorite target. Because a, a system with Pickens and Addison, two very different receivers who I think would both have great careers in the NFL, along with Firemuth, you give your guy a lot of weapons there, and you can still address other areas of need in the next round. Um, so that's one name. And then another guy, I think, that addresses bigger needs and someone who makes a lot of sense, because I think he will be taken in the second round, is Kalijah Kansi. Now, mm-hmm. you know, Kalijah, I think what will hurt him and the reason, despite being a unanimous All-American, he won't be going in the first round is because of his size. However, I think he Six makes foot. up. Yeah, he makes up for that with his strength. There's another former Pitt defensive tackle who lacked a little bit of size, and I think he had a pretty good NFL career. Uh, his name's Aaron Donald. And I'm not saying Kansi will be Aaron Donald, but I'm saying that, you know, guys can overcome a, missing a couple inches of height and still have a productive NFL career. And with two Agreed. picks in the second round, I think, I don't know if Pitt would maybe use that first pick from the Bears on Cansey, depending on, you know, where others in his position group are gone. Uh, but if he's still around for that second round pick and they like the other guys that they drafted with their first two selections in the draft, if Kansi's still sitting there, I think that would be a great value pick to get him uh, what would be what, probably like in the 50s, something like that. I think that yeah, would be a steal like if he was still around and Pitt could land him there. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I always check on like the mock draft boards just to see who's going where, especially when you're talking about the Steelers because everyone wants to know, will they be going corner, offensive line, defensive line, you know, any anything along those lines there. But you know, I, I look at this and I think that, you know, Kalaja certainly he's popped up into some conversations. If you go and do Pro Football Focus's uh, uh, mock draft simulator, Kansi doesn't make it out of the first round. But granted, that is just because they have their computer systems and everything. Um, but still, a lot of this comes down to the combine. If Kalaja Kansi boasts, boasts like a really ridiculous uh, uh, broad, broad jump and a really uh, like a decent shuttle time. People are going to look at that and be like, "Whoa, he's explosive. He's quick." Mm, yeah, let's 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 add him to the mix there. Um, but there's also Siaka Ika from from Baylor, who I think the Steelers could t- certainly take a look at. He's a he's another big breeder. He's more of the size that you want in a big guy. And the Steelers have kind of opted towards the size options when it comes to defensive linemen. You look at Cam Hayward. They they said that was the big reason that they drafted Isaiah Loudermilk was that his height and weight were the exact same of Cam Hayward when he came out of Ohio State, and they were hoping to mold him. Um, so. Cansey would be an interesting pick there, but another pick that's going to come in the later rounds. We're talking day two, probably day three, but yeah. day two is a possibility uh, uh, for him. But it's Servasie Dennis because the Steelers need, I think, better linebacker play. They've gotten some decent moments of like Devin Bush has been better this year. He's still not a top ten pick, you know, worthy of uh, you know that that kind of play, but. He's been contributing. I think Miles Jax has been solid, not as good as the, as you'd hope. Robert Spillane is Robert Spillane, but they need a young, athletic guy who can captain in the middle of the field. And Pitt has absolutely seen that from Servasier Dennis. And if you're sitting there, it's the the early fourth round of the NFL draft. And, uh, and here's the other thing: if Servasier Dennis, if he runs like a really good forty and really good shuttle time, he won't be there on on, no, on the fourth round. He'll be third, maybe even second round if he runs really good times. But if you're sitting there and you're thinking, hey, you need a you know, linebacker, you know, Mike Tomlin talked about how 
they knew Kenny Pickett when he was at Pitt. They saw him unite the team with DeMar Hamlin and how that helped them become a better a better program. Pitt's, the Steelers are looking for leaders. They're looking for young guys who can set the tone in the locker room and be, you know, set the standards like, hey, guys, this is the expectation and be and believe in the, the we not me stuff, the kind of stuff that Pat Narduzzi has painted on the floor of the locker room and everything. I think Servasier would be very much worth a look uh, because he, he we, we've seen him command the defense. We've seen him, you know, have that football headiness of he's a very smart guy and he knows how to lead and he knows how to set the tone. And if he, if he puts up the numbers in the combine, no, I, I think they should absolutely take a shot at him. Uh, yeah, and I think any team that's if, if Servasier Dennis does go in day three, regardless of it being the fourth round or the seventh round or, or anything in between. Um, whatever team is able to land Servasia Dennis in day three, I think is getting incredible value for a linebacker just for, I think his game translates super so well to the next level, because the thing I, I believe he does best is defend against the past. He's great in coverage. I think if you throw him on the Steelers team right now, he's at worst, their second best yeah. linebacker in coverage behind maybe miles Jack. But even then, I think he's better in coverage than Spillane, better than better in coverage than Bush, who I think has been better this year compared to past years. But I still think, you know, there are things that Servasia Dennis can do with his athleticism that will translate to the NFL and will make him valuable. He's not going to be a, you know, a Ryan Shazier or anything, but this is a guy who I think for whatever team drafts him could very well get a second contract with that team because of contributions he can make on third down and on special teams to areas of the game that you don't necessarily, you know, envision as like the, the sexy thing guys making a big th- splash on when you draft someone, but play huge differences in close contests. Yeah, I agree. And it, those type of things are things that Mike Tomlin absolutely looks for when you when he looks for players. He wants guys that win situational games that are going to commit to sticking to the game plan and finding a way to win in those situations. And I just I think that uh, I think that the Steelers they're developing a young core of guys that can all kind of step into leadership roles, guys that can kind of bear the flag and and carry and carry forward. That's who Kenny Pickett, uh, you know, is is projected to be as 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 a leader. That's who Najee Harris was for Alabama and who the Steelers are, are trying to make him to be uh, right now. And and I mean, literally, the flag bearer was Cam Hayward carrying right. the flag onto the field. But Cam's only got a few more years. I think that the Steelers are desperately trying to find leadership guys along with talented guys in the NFL draft. And, and Servasier is not going to be, you know, a Cam Hayward in the sense where you, you you follow his word because of his great play and his character. But right. he can be someone like a Vince Williams, who I think is his voice is missed on this current Pittsburgh team, mm-hmm. where, you know, Vince Williams was never the best player on that Steelers defense, but you could rely on 98 suiting up pretty much every Sunday, and he was going to do his job. There were certain things athletically he couldn't do compared to other people that played his position, but he was, you know, he met that standard that Coach Tomlin needed at that time as as a leader and as a performer on the field. And I think Servasia Dennis could be someone like that. Certainly. Uh, We'll see if the Steelers are talking about more Pitt guys. Uh, Pitt's Pro Day will come and go uh, later in the spring, so we'll be able to see what all teams visit it and uh, are are focusing on different Pitt players. So we'll keep you up to date there. Also, we'll be keeping you up to date with Pitt football itself as they're taking on uh, UCLA in the Sun Bowl. So do stay tuned for all of that. It's going to be a lot to talk about as this week goes on. But we also got to flip it back talking about bowl season itself because I think that Noah and I 
have some interesting views here that are going to kind of illuminate can the NFL actually help bowl season or shouldn't even care with some of the scheduling of their games, especially when the scheduling of those games fall on New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, and around that time. We'll do that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg. Yinzers in the Berg is the number one place to get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much, much more. So Yinzers, listen up with the Steelers campaign coming to an end. They're trying to push for the playoffs. You want to support your black and gold or the Penguins or the Pirates or Pitt, or anything Pittsburgh sports, just go to Yinders in the Berg. They have two legendary stores in the Strip District, plus they have a growing online sport store at yinderspgh.com that's putting in new merchandise every single week. So go to Yinders in the Berg in the Strip District, or if you can't make it because you're an out-of-towner, go to yinderspgh.com. That's yinderspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Noah Hiles. Noah, let's go. Let, let's talk about some bigger picture things here. We've done a lot of Pittsburgh focus, but let's talk about the bowl season itself because right now you have the college football playoffs coming up. You've got the Rose Bowl coming up. You've got you know the 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 big the, the big bowl games that people actually care about. Like you know the other night we were we're sitting there looking at Wisconsin and Oklahoma State, and we're like, all right, just I guess we just need football. That's what we need right now. But now is the actual time when you start to see those games pop up. But this year, you know, New Year's Eve, New Year's itself are on the weekend, which means they have to compete with the NFL, and the NFL doesn't seem to care. They're going to just schedule their games. There's, you know what? Suck it up, college football. We're going to get our money. But should the NFL be stepping back a little bit here to say, like, hey, let's let the colleges have their day because when they do well, it also gets people excited for when we're ready to do well. I mean, the NFL doesn't have to do anything. If the NFL yeah. wanted to play, you know, a game on April 2nd, it, it would still probably outdraw, you know, all MLB opening day games as far as viewers go. And that's just the reality of it. it the, the ratings for the Chris, the three Christmas day games, I haven't looked at them. I'm willing to bet every dime to my name that they did better than the NBA games, which always are on Christmas day. That's just yep. what the NFL has going for it. With that being said, I think that if you're working with networks, which the NFL is, and clearly at the NFL's, trending toward the the streaming services side of things with its deals with Amazon and YouTube TV coming up here soon as well. Um, but if you're looking to get the, the most bang for your buck for the networks that you're currently partnered with, I think it would have been smart for the NFL to do what it did on Christmas Eve. And that's move the majority of the slate to a Saturday and you let, you know, and then you can, you can still have a couple of games on your Sunday, but right, it would have, it would have worked perfect this week for the NFL to do it again because every team that played on Saturday, uh, December 24th, Christmas Eve, would have had the same amount of rest it normally would have had, you know, if it would have played Sunday to Sunday. It would have been Saturday to Saturday. It would have been the same thing. And I'm sure a lot of the players also in the NFL would have appreciated having the holiday off rather than having to spend Saturday night preparing and then playing on Sunday. They could have got the, they could have got Sunday off and spent New Year's Day with their family. Not only does that help the players, the league will still get its ratings. It helps the game beneath it, which you said, college football, which traditionally, and I know that when you're talking money, tradition doesn't matter, especially when you're talking college sports and money. But there's something about me. I, I just think the Rose Bowl should be played on New Year's Day. I do. I think the Cotton Bowl should be played on New Year's Day. And I think that the two biggest bowl games right now, which are the two playoff games, should also be played 
on New Year's Day. Those are the two games that really have interest right now. They're really the only two games that matter. Bowl season needs a lot of help, unlike the NFL, as far as drawing eyeballs with all the opt-outs and everything. And I think logistical concessions made by the NFL would have helped these bowl games big time, where you know people are still going to watch these two playoff games, but if they were being played at 3 and 7 o'clock on New Year's Day, as right. opposed to 4 and 8 or whatever on New Year's Eve, I think they would do better ratings. And, you know, I don't know. And you just have the Rose Bowl getting moved to January 2nd, along with the Cotton Bowl. They're being played on Mondays. I just think the NFL could have moved things around. It wouldn't have been too much of a task, honestly. Uh, They know when these bowl games are typically played, and they know that the college football playoff would have rather had the games on New Year's Day, even if they had to go up against a couple of NFL games earlier in the day. Uh, I don't know. It just, it's just wishful thinking at the end of the day, though, Chris. The NFL is going to do what it wants, and <laughs> it has the right to do that because it is it is captured. It, it holds us all hostage for six months a year from the preseason through the end of the NFL draft. It holds us all hostage. We're all going to watch it whenever it's on. When I, Every year at the end of the year when, when the numbers are, are totaled, we haven't don't have this yet for 2022 because the year is technically still going. I, but I always love to look at the most watched telecasts of the year. And every year, Super Bowl's number one with like almost like 100 mil or something like that. Then there's the conference championship game. Then there's the big like holiday games that, 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 that they have. And then you have like your actually important things like the inauguration of the, you know, the president and like State of the Union and stuff like that. But after like your top NFL games, the next sporting event that always comes is the college football playoffs and the big and the big games that, that come there. There's no other thing unless like the Olympics are that year. But like there's like it, it's right up in that mix. And some years it's even been in the top 10 this past year was like in the 40s because there were just so many nfl games that people were turning into in 2021 but in 2022 i I think i'll be really interested to see these numbers again to see how did how did they bear out this this year how did they how did they match up with things so um i think the nfl knows that it has monopoly but the nfl and, and you see this with their efforts to become international the nfl knows that they have to still find a way to grow their fan base and they have to still find a way to to make football even bigger than it is which sounds insane like like chris football is always huge already huge the biggest thing the only thing that's bigger than in the world is like soccer right now but if you're looking at what football needs to become if the if you're the nfl you're like you know what we need to find we we promote our game very well let's i think this is why let's find a way to promote the college game a little bit better let's 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 bring it in with us so that people are more and people are already excited about it but i think if you find ways to to work in concert with them and give them some of those days you're going to see more and more people i think you know appreciate the stories of those players who are going to play in the college football playoffs who get to play in the nfl the the next the next year and the years years to come i I just I, i think that this is an opportunity one of the many opportunities the nfl needs to take where it's like hey let's not grab the money right now let's form formulate a plan to keep growing the sport and in the years to come I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. These playoff games and these big bowl games, they often serve as an opportunity, as an introduction to yeah. casual college football fans who are diehard NFL fans to see, you know, the, the next great quarterback, be it, you know, uh, a, someone like Stroud at Ohio State. There are a handful of teams that are going to be rooting to draft him this upcoming yep. spring. And this could be their... For some of those fans, the first real opportunity to sit down 
and watch him play against a great defense. You've had that opportunity in the past with guys like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields playing in these college football playoff games. You could go further back to Jameis Winston or Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray or Joe Burrow, all these dudes who get on the big stage. And I think the NFL would be wise to, to make sure those games get as many eyeballs as possible. And sometimes that means staying out of their way and they don't have to do it, but I think it'd be a more fun viewing experience for everyone involved, for people who cover it like us, people who consume it just as fans, casual fans, whatever. Uh, Getting eyeballs on your future prospects is valuable, in my opinion. Absolutely. We'll we'll see how that goes. Noah will be in El Paso, Texas for the Sun Bowl Friday, so do tune in to all of his great work. I'll be at the Pete covering Pitt UNC. Can Pitt Hoops pull off a major upset over a ranked opponent? We'll see all that. It's going to be a fun Friday, but we'll give have you all ready for it at post-gazette.com with all of our with all of our written content. Tune in here to the post to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's YouTube page, or if you're listening on all of our audio platforms, anywhere that you're getting it, we are, we're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted thanks again check out all of our great work there we'll be with you at the at, we'll be with you all week long leading into these big matchups and of course check out friday's episode of north shore podcast when we're back talking steelers getting you ready for steelers ravens with brian batko we'll see you then thanks for tuning in to another episode of the north shore drive podcast of the pittsburgh post gazette if you're watching this video on youtube please like the video and subscribe to our youtube channel for six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just six dollars click the link down below in the description